Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This podcast is brought to you by LarryInFishers.com. My Fishers Indiana local news blog keeps you well informed on news in and around Fishers. Check it out. LarryInFishers.com and follow my Twitter account as well at LarryInFishers. I just found out I will become a grandparent for the first time later on this year. I also discovered I am not the only one producing podcasts locally. A couple, Mike and Emily Morgan, are in their second season of producing their podcast all about grandparenting. It's called The Grand Life. I spoke with Mike and Emily Morgan at the Ignite Space, located on the lower level of the Hamilton East Library in downtown Fishers. Take a few minutes to tour the Ignite Space the next time you visit the library. Any staff member will be glad to show you around. I spoke with Mike and Emily Morgan during the afternoon of Thursday, February 6th. I'm with Emily and Mike Morgan uh, here to talk about uh, podcasting. We are all fellow podcasters. We do it a little different way. Their podcast is about grandparenting. The name of it is The Grand Life. So Emily and Mike, uh, great to have you with me today. Pleasure. Thanks, Larry. Thank you. And uh, I must tell you, I, I have listened to your podcast. Very impressed with the production values. Mike, I know you're the producer, and Emily, you you write a lot of the material, mm-hmm. voice it, and uh, very, very, uh, very interesting podcast. It's always nice to find fellow podcasters. You are Fisher's residents, uh, just as I, but your, I would guess the uh, the reach of your podcast is is more than Fisher's, even though many of the stories you tell are in and around this area. So before we get started here, just uh, each of you take a moment and just talk about yourself. Well, Emily can um, start. Yeah, I, um, I'm just a, a mom and a grandma, and uh, I've been a writer for, well, since I was in the third grade. So I've always loved to write, and I uh, used to write in my closet, um, always imitating my favorite authors, mostly Laura Ingalls Wilder at that point. So I was writing all stories. I had no idea what I was writing about because I'd never lived that, but I I was just imitating her and um, did that and uh, published children's, had books published. And uh, then I've just been, this is a great venue for me, and it's kind of my side career. I've done other things, but this is the thing I love to do. So this is the creative side of me. You sound like one of my grandmothers saying, oh, I'm just a mom and a grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> You're a lot more than that when you are those two things. Mike, tell me about yourself. Well, I've been Emily's husband for 38 years. There aren't any others. It's not like there's a long <laughs> list of them. Um, uh, but uh, my media career started at the age of five when uh, my mom gave me a Mr. Microphone mm-hmm. for Christmas. Uh, I got my first paid job in media when I was 15 years old, so I've been doing this this radio, television, media stuff for a good long while. But uh, about five or six years ago, uh, we did a project together that involved the creation of a little podcast. By little, I mean after 13 weeks of it, it just wore us out, and we did what they call pod fading, right? Mm-hmm. We just stopped. Uh, when the opportunity came to do this one, and I'm sure Emily will talk about what the, what the genesis was for that, I was all in to help produce. 
I mean, I've done voice work for years, but there's really no need for me to do that. She's got that covered. I just do the editing and the producing. Well, it's interesting because I started my broadcast career with my brother, who's two years younger than I. We got tape recorders. At okay, about the age sure. You got uh, your Mr. Mr. Microphone. microphone. <laughs> we had the tape recorders, and I, I wish to goodness we had kept some of those original productions. Oh, but yeah. those old reel-to-reel tape recorders didn't last long. <laughs> I want to ask, start off this way, because you've talked about podcasting and the genesis of podcasts. And I know you and I, we've, we've talked before, and one thing that's always in, uh, fascinated me was when I started the podcast four years ago, I tried to do my research, read about it, went online, just tried to figure out what other people's experiences were. What I found, a lot of people said, rah, rah, I'm going to be a podcaster. Get the equipment, figure out how to do all the technical things you have to do. And then they're ready to go and they have nothing to say. Right. Okay, what am I going to talk about? Hadn't thought about that. (laughs) So I guess the question for the two of you, and I'll ask Emily to start, is did did you just make a decision to be a podcaster and then choose grandparenting? Or did you say, I want to do something about grandparenting and the podcast spun off from that? Yeah, it was was, um, actually something we were waiting to figure out what did we have to say? We, we really love the idea of podcasting. We love the idea of sharing our experiences and connecting people with other people. And so it's a great venue for that. Um, but that, that started some other place for you. Oh, that started, yes. When when I was a child, I had a, a something called the Stacy Summers Show, and I, I would interview people. <laughs> well, you did and you didn't, right? I mean, you had a stage <laughs> name already. I had everything. <laughs> and, and I used to interview all the people in my neighborhood, oh. and I would do that. I, that was just who I was. I really loved doing it. And so, yeah, it's, it had its genesis there. But um, so I, have a, I think— So I have a question for you. Yeah. Did you ever like hold up the thick end of an extension cord and pretend like it was a microphone? Not that I would have ever done that. <laughs> Just asking. No, I did not. Actually, okay. I think I was way more forward thinking than that. I was thinking that, uh, you know, by then technology would be such where I wouldn't have to hold a mic. You know, I had a vision for Ooh. that. <laughs> my, my, si- my, now my sister did have toys that she made look like microphones yeah, oh yeah, and people. had her own little show. But, yeah, I wasn't, so, yeah. wasn't going to be Trust bothered. Trust me, an extension cord works fine. <laughs> Just don't plug it in. That, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 not plugged in, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah I wasn't going to bother with the technical part, which has continued in its genesis from there now. <laughs> I don't like the technical part. So the grandparenting of the podcast came yeah. first for you. Yeah, so the, so the grandparenting came first, and as we were grandparenting, um, I just enjoyed it so much. It was, it was an extension of my love of being a mother. So we have four children, um, and I... I really, it was a a strange experience because I never really liked children growing up and I didn't like like babysitting and I, I, and I thought I might not be a great mother. And in fact, at one point thought maybe I wouldn't get married and I would just go to Columbia and I would be a journalist and all this. And then I became a mom and it just was like something clicked and I was so happy and I just, just enjoyed it so much. And of course, being a grandmother is even better because I don't have all the responsibility. I just have all the joy and the fun. And so thinking about grandparenting and hearing how people felt about grandparenting, that was part of it. The other part was that I was a mentor for at our church for a bunch of young women in their 30s who had just started out as mothers. And they would say to me, um, when they would ask my advice about things and I would give them some piece of advice, they'd say, why don't you tell my mother that? My mom needs to know that. And I would say, oh, okay, well, 
let me think about how I might do that. And that was where really the podcasting grew from that because I, this was speaking to the grandparents and saying, this is what you need to know if you want to be connected to your children and your grandchildren. So, Mike, did Emily's uh, interest in grandparenting and podcasting bring you into it, or how did you uh, well, get involved? you know, like she said, we were just kind of waiting to look for a topic that we felt like had legs that it could run on for more than a few episodes. And I think we took the lessons that we learned in doing the other project several years ago, and we decided that um, we needed to set a pretty high bar. Uh, both in terms of the contents of vitality over time, you know, its ability to um, uh, grow and evolve, uh, our ability to come up with uh, enough topics so that we could go one, two, three, you know, in indefinite number of seasons. We also wanted to set the bar really hard. We also wanted to set the bar really high in terms of production Mm -hmm. values. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I knew that I wanted to do this carefully and well, and that I wanted it to sound sort of NPR level. And so, you know, that also takes time. So we had to figure out how to do that in, a, in addition to two-day jobs, in addition to, you know, here's the real serious part, continuing to be grandparents, <laughs> exactly, making sure yeah. that we had time, you know, to, to do all of those things. And so the, the first season we started last spring in 2019, we ran uh, 12 episodes, mm-hmm. and then we went on hiatus to think about, well, how are we going to do that again? And how long of a break do we need to take to um, uh, line up new guests and come up with new topics? Then we started back again to December of 2019. Uh, As we're recording this, we're in the middle of season two. We'll take another hiatus at the end of, you know, season two, episode 12. And we'll keep doing that for as long as Emily can come up with relevant topics. And she continues to get input from, you know, the original mm-hmm. group of, of moms and from other grandparents. So as the network grows, and you've probably experienced this too, as more people listen, they do two things. They engage other people to also listen. And sometimes, when you're lucky, they get back to you and say, it'd be great if you did uh, another episode about thus and such. So that kind of organic growth is something that's kind of help, helping buoy the project along, move it along. And that's a real fun thing to, to be involved with. So, Emily, let me piggyback on that. Uh, tell me about the types of feedback you get, telephone, email. I mean, you you're, you're, you make that uh, very clear on your podcast. You'll yeah. take it anywhere you can. Right. Uh, tell me about the, the type of feedback you get and how that's helped you with in terms of finding guests, topics, uh, yeah. just doing the podcast. Honestly, I have to say I would like to get more. I keep putting it out there and hoping, but I do recognize that people are busy. And just the fact that they listen to the podcast and I, I can see that they're listening, um, it's charted for me so I can see people are listening. Um, I hear through Facebook mostly um, people. I do have a voicemail. People can call in and leave a voicemail, but they don't do that. And I don't know whether that's uh, too off-putting for them because it doesn't take a lot of time to dial a phone and just say something. Um, I'm hoping that it just becomes more and more. I do, obviously, the local people who hear it, I get a lot of feedback. And that's just as I see them, as I see them in my day-to-day life, they'll say, hey, you should do this. Or I, I loved what you did on that one. And, and I always want to say, please share that. Please put that on Facebook. <laughs> so you so. do have a, a group of people that will feed ideas. Do you ever really fear that you'll run out of ideas? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it is amazing to me how many things there are to talk about. Um, 
in the realm of grandparenting. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we've already pretty much mapped out season well, season, season two is already mapped out. Season three is completely mapped out, too. So, I mean, we, we do, uh, you know, make room and try to be flexible for things that might change. But um, I, I, I also have, like, in addition to season three, I already have four other ideas that people have given to me. So, I, you know, I just, it never ends. Now, when you say <laughs> you've mapped it out, Mike, does that mean you have all the interviews done or just have an idea of what you want to do? Yeah. Well, okay, so <clears throat> here's the dirty little secret, I guess. <laughs> mapped is maybe an aspirational word. Yes. We have a list, we, she, she. I, has, it's on a post-it. It's on a, post-it notes. That's how I work. <laughs> yeah. I, I work with those, too. Yes, You're not the I, only one. Yeah. He so, wants me to put them in a spreadsheet, and I just don't. So, so she provides a topics list, and then I provide an empty spreadsheet. Uh, and I say, let's please fill in every segment so that I know how to assemble this thing without having to, you know, come find you or ask you questions. And we end up somewhere between the two hmm. in, a, in a way that's workable that doesn't, doesn't harm our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well— before we get more into the podcast, I want to ask, and Mike, you can start this. Tell me about your experience as a grandparent. Well, <clears throat> it started out with me not being ready at all to be a grandparent. I didn't think I was old enough to be a grandparent. And, um, you know, I, I was like a lot of men, probably in my situation, I was much more engaged with my career and with trying to put – uh, money in the bank and bread on the table when our children were younger. Um, so I came into grandparenting not sure that I was going to be all that great at it. What I didn't figure on, though, is that it's not a 24-7 job. And so you only have to come up with moments of brilliance, not sustained hours of things like patience and uh, wisdom and guidance. I can come up with a few hours at a time of decent grand fatherhood um i just have to pace myself <laughs> That's, and you've already talked a little about this emily yeah. anything you want to expand on as well, far as being I, a grandparent I just, or? yeah i am always surprised that you know relationships any kind of relationships do not happen by themselves they they require intentionality and so you know, you can't fool yourself into thinking that if you want a close relationship with your grandchildren, it's just going to happen. And as we have talked to more and more grandparents, we we ask them to tell us what their memories of grandparent their grandparents are, and they often serve as non-examples, ways to not be a, a grandparent. And and that's there on purpose because I want people to think, do I want to, how do I want to be remembered? What is my legacy going to be with my grandchildren? And so this is kind of set there. It just sits there and you think about it and that's what I think the beauty of it is is you just it, you know, you say to yourself, what can I do differently? What do I want? What I find interesting, and I've only had a chance to listen to two or three of your podcasts. You have a whole, you know, one, one and a half seasons out yeah. there. So those are a lot. So they're about 30 minutes. Some go a little longer. Mm -hmm. But you have a very particular format. Let me ask Mike about this because the first part of the podcast is interviews that are edited down. And then the middle, uh, Emily does sort of tell a story or make a statement, uh, a commentary, if you will. And at the end, there's usually another interview, sometime about the first subject, sometime about another subject. Explain how you and Emily came down on that sort of format as to how to tell your stories. 
Well, it did evolve. That is, there were more pieces in the first season than there are in the second. And I think we figured out over time that we were maybe a little bit optimistic in terms of how much content, <clears throat> if we were going to maintain a two episodes per month cadence, drop two every month, how much content would we be able to uh, accumulate, generate? Uh, she's mentioned it on, on the a podcast before. Booking guests is a sweat. It is hard work to find uh, people that you know are going to or that you suspect will turn out to be interesting guests to listen to and then to book them and then to do the interview and then to decide, was this interview something that is going to sort of lay down as it is with maybe a few nips and tucks to take out mouth pops and clicks and coughs? Or do we need to get the the hedge trimmers out and really cut this into something that's going to support another argument but an argument that's not necessarily made inside the episode. So the interview then becomes like supporting material. Uh, like the kids who do debate in high school, they have, they have note cards. Well, the note cards support the argument they're making, but they're not the argument itself. So then it, it starts to sound a little bit more like um, a news feature than just an interview. Well, so we have learned to be open-minded, open-hearted, and, and let an interview just be what it's going to be. Sometimes it'll lay there like a conversation with a beginning and a middle and an end. Sometimes it just sounds like shredded fabric. And, you know, conceptually, it just sounds like a bunch of pieces that we have to kind of take apart and put back together again. So that kind of factors into how much we're going to – uh, how much we're going to try to load into a, a given episode. If we have to do a lot of piecing back together, maybe that episode becomes shorter suddenly <laughs> than, than we had planned on it being. If it's a long conversation that has a rich story and people who are natural storytellers, maybe it's longer and maybe it's less work. It's kind of funny how the paradox works. Yeah, you uh, brought back some memories there of being a high school and college debater in the old evidence car. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. That uh, yeah. brings back a memory or two for me. Uh, and, yeah. and, and you Emily, remember, go ahead. You well, yeah, something. I mean, we, we started with five segments uh, in the first season, and that would have included something called Passing Along Your Passion and then also a recommendation of a piece of art or book or music that you that I wanted to pass on to help people kind of think about what they could be putting in front of their grandchildren. Um, that just became extra. It was a lot of work for me to do. And we just we realized because we both work that we can't do that every time. So that's I think people actually miss that. I have heard that people would prefer to have that. But it, it just at this point, unless I could hire somebody to do the booking, like a booking agent, then I really can't do that in addition. But um, I do worry sometimes that my essay that's in between is is something people aren't going to want to hear because it's my own writing. I'm just really portraying something of my own. It's, it's a vulnerable spot to be in. It's called the stretch it takes, and it's basically a way to what I call relationship yoga, mm -hmm. a way to develop your relationship with your children and your grandchildren. Um, I worry sometimes, but then I actually have gotten feedback that people sometimes just listen to it for that. So I'm like, oh, okay, I guess it must be okay. There you go. Um, now, you've, you've, you've been really good about anticipating almost every question I'm going to ask. <laughs> uh, but I, don't, I, I will ask this because I've been doing podcasts, a much different format, more conversational, wide open type thing. Uh, either in a group or with 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 one just one person and myself, and I have only in four and a half years I have only had one instance where somebody turned me down and mm. said no I don't want to do it, 
And that's after a lot of podcasting. Have you ever had that happen to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, some Somebody went to, I, I asked him, a musician once to talk about her passing along her passion of music to her grandchildren. She does an amazing job doing that. She said, well, if you ask me to play the saxophone, I would do it in a minute, but I can't get on there and talk. <laughs> so, that is, so, I've known so many musicians who have said that. Yeah. yeah. So her, her way of speaking, her communication skills are limited to her to her uh, instrument. Um, and then just recently I asked somebody to do one about food memories mm-hmm. and he was, it was a chef and he was saying he was very happy to do it. Then I sent him a list of questions to, as a pre thing, uh, you know, as, uh, what do you call it? Pre production to help him. He wrote back and said, I have to decline. So many of my memories of my grandparents are so bad mm. that I, I, and it's painful, and I can't bring that up and get. I can't talk about it. And so, of course, I was like, "Yes, I, I understand that, and I certainly wouldn't require that of you." Um, so that person, you know, I have to go find somebody else, and sometimes at, at last minute because I've mm-hmm. had it booked for a while. So it does happen, and I think maybe as the podcast becomes, we're, we're in a funny spot right now. The podcast has not gotten big enough so that we can get big names of any sort. But it's not small enough. It, it's it's big enough to scare people who are just local people who are like, well, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. get on there and talk. Mm-hmm. That's too professional or whatever. And, and really, Mike and I have often said this is a podcast. It's the ordinary. It's the extraordinary people who are very ordinary. That's what I love about it. And that brings me to my next question. Because you look at grandparenting from a number of different angles. Uh, for example... You've recently had a, a couple of, at least a couple of episodes, maybe more on surrogate parenting, where yeah. you're a grandparent, mm-hmm. but you're not biologically a grandparent. Uh, you just recently uh, posted one about grandparenting with disabilities. Uh-huh. Uh, very fascinating uh, podcast. And uh, you've gone to some dark places. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have been willing to do a podcast about uh, grandparents who lose a grandchild. Yeah. So how do you... Now, either one who wants to start this, how do you how do you jump into these very tough subjects? There was a lot of apprehension. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there was a lot of apprehension about the uh, uh, about the death of a grandchild, uh, uh, and we wondered how that was going to happen. So, um, uh, I I credit this entirely to Emily's ability to sit in that place that's halfway. Um, uh, halfway accepting the truth of what's there, but then the other half of it is is staying um, open and upward-minded about, you know, that was terrible, but what can we conclude from that? I think that's a really tough place to land and stay in for half an hour with a conversation, but I, I think you did it. Oh, it, you know, it was uh, difficult. Um, we also talked about in one of the episodes, we talked about solo grandparenting. So this is a um, this is a man for we had two men who had lost their wives, and that we talked about what it was like to be the grandfather all by himself. You know, that's not a that that is a difficult position to be the grandfather of eleven grandchildren, and you don't have a wife to, uh, you know, buy buy the special things that are going to go in the lunch bags and buy little valentines, you know, little tiny things that you send to your grandchildren or things that you do for your grandchild. Um, they ha- they are becoming grandparents in their own way, and they're trying to do that 
in their grandfatherly way, which is different than a grandmother. Um, and those were hard. And, and several times, I have to say, we've had people um, tear up and almost cry about things. And I just, you know, we, we usually keep that in because I think it's important, the humanity of it and the, the beauty. I mean, it is pain is part of part of an aspect of being a grandparent. I mean, there's joy and there's pain. And one of the things that um, I do find that is hard to do is sometimes to get grandparents to talk about the conflict that they have with their children about mm-hmm. their grandchildren. That's and, and been hard. Did you not do an entire podcast? Yes, on and that? I, I, I it was like, yes, it was called the hard things, and I tried so hard to make them, you know, get them to say the things that they would say off air that I've heard at when I've been in uh, coffee shops with friends, and that I've heard. Uh, Leslie Stahl has written a book about becoming a grandparent. She she wrote about those hard things, but Leslie people Stahl, CBS Leslie Stahl, TV the CBS, yeah, still on sixty minutes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know, she wrote about that, and she had to literally everything had to be anonymous. Everything people don't want to talk about those things because you know those are hard things. The 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 conflicts the you know you wanting to give your grandchild something with gluten in it when their children the children are gluten free you not wanting to have to buy a whole new um, you know crib but the crib but the crib isn't set up to the standards of today's standards or you you know all of the things that a lot of grandparents are like oh that's you know our kids made it through that why can't they have the same car seat or the same crib you know why do we have to go out and buy all these things how much attention did the grandparent pay to latching the seat into the car yeah you know all of the things we've that, had that happen ourselves. <laughs> I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. No, 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 not no. acceptable. Yeah, no, it's not acceptable. And so you have to learn to stretch and flex, which is part of that stretch it takes thing. Um, there are a lot of hard things around it, and they can be hurtful, but you got to figure that out. And it is a learning curve for all of us as grandparents. What I have found, uh, whether it's luring somebody to come onto a podcast with me, or it's working on a news story to get somebody to talk to you about whatever story you're trying to write is that you You have to find a way to make a connection with that person. They mm-hmm. have to at least feel that in some small way you've connected with them, you understand them, and they have some reason to trust you. Yeah. Is that a process you have to go through? I'll let Emily start. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of these people, we do phoners. We're not even... Uh, they're they're recommended to us by somebody, for example, or um, I've gotten to know them over an Instagram, you know, connection or, or something like that. So sometimes it works that it's a it's a cold call. I mean, I have no idea about this person, and um, so we talk a little bit before we actually have the interview. But what I have found is that I'm getting better and better at picking people who. Uh, I've asked the people who are suggesting this person, um, are they cogent? Do they, are they able to communicate in a, you know, a way that would be pleasant or, you know, do they, do they laugh a lot or do they do something that's a little awkward or anything like that? And then if I can do that, I feel like most people present themselves very well. And of course we always have the back pocket editing that mm-hmm. is really helpful. Well, I find that people talk about something they know about. And if you're a grandparent, you know something about that. Yeah. People will open up and, and they'll talk very naturally to you. Yeah. Don't yeah. you think that's true, Mike? Yeah, we have found that out. We've, uh, I'd say that most of the time we, we start down a road, it's a topic that the guest already feels some passion about, and they already know why we've asked them to come and talk. Sometimes they come ready with a stump speech. Yeah. Sometimes you kind of have to tease it out of them, but it doesn't take much teasing before they kind of get into you – know, they, they find themselves speaking in the midst of that, 
which they feel passionate about. And then at that point, it just flows. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of I, – I particularly think about the um, psychologist or the – she was a psychologist about death. She, she works up at Purdue University. And, you know, I'd never met her or anything. And we started talking, and I felt like we could have talked for hours. I mean, I and I feel like that a lot when I get on with a guest. I'm I'm sad that we have to stop. You know, I'm like, this, is, this could go on for three hours. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm running out of time, believe it or not, <laughs> talking with you folks. It's oh, not I a big that. surprise. But I do want to ask you, Emily, to, my final – Substantive question. Uh-huh. I listened to your commentary that you wrote about trying to deal with chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, it related to grandparenting. Yeah. But most of that comment commentary really delved in, centered on how one deals with chronic pain. And, yeah. and you say you're fortunate. You only dealt with it for four months. Yeah. Others have to deal with it for longer periods of time, maybe the rest of their lives. Just talk a little bit about uh, your experience with chronic pain, dealing with it, and and how you what motivated you to to write about it. Yeah, it was such an interesting experience. I've always been a really kind of healthy person, you know, active, and I I didn't I was kind of struck sideswiped by this virus or something that I had that nobody could figure out. And I would go to these doctors and they'd do all these blood tests, and everybody was like, "We don't know what it is." And I I I think that. The experience of, you know, taking medication for it and having some relief through the medication and recognizing, oh, I just want more medication made me understand that when you're in chronic pain, you're really desperate and you feel like, okay, I'll do whatever it takes. And if that requires drugs, give me the drugs. (laughs) Um, But I also recognize that, um, you know, if chronic means ongoing, this is going to be your life. You have to figure out a way to cope in in. Um, without the drugs, because drugs are going to just make it harder in some ways to cope. Um, so, you know, I, we started to look into food as medicine and changed some of the, the ways that we eat. And I just look at all of that and I think people who are in pain need encouragement, need to be. It was funny, I, I wanted to get an expert. I wanted to get, um, you know, a doctor to talk to about it. And I couldn't get, and I tried and tried and couldn't get a health expert that was going to talk to me about that. Um, and so I just spoke from my own experience. And it, I hope it reached people. It was a, it was a difficult decision to um, be that vulnerable and tell people a little bit more of my story. But as we have gotten into this podcast more and more, I think we've both revealed a little bit more of ourselves. And I actually think in the long run, when you reveal something about yourself, it it helps other people to relate to you better because they're like, oh, they're real people. They're not just these cardboard, you know, podcasters who are sitting behind a microphone. They actually are real people with real problems. And I think both of you, you know, uh, I would say Emily and, and Mike, you help uh, bring that about as producer. Uh, you, you learn something about you, and that, and that commentary you wrote about uh, about dealing with pain is just one example of that. Well, the context of that essay was the episode about grandparenting through a disability. Mm-hmm. So she had a short-term disability that affected her ability to sit down on the ground and play with the grandkids. So she lived a little bit of that, but then it gave her a, a level of compassion and insight. Right. That episode started with her revealing that I just lost my job. Yeah, that's right. I was going to mention that now that yeah. you brought it up. You, those yeah. are very personal things you're sharing. You shared, uh, Emily, <laughs> the fact that you would quit your part-time job. Right. You're on a full-time on a job hunt. hunt. And, and Mike, you, uh, she revealed for you that uh, yeah. <laughs> you're on the job hunt again. After more than two decades with a big corporation, mm-hmm. I am for the first time 
without a job on a timing that I didn't choose. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so, yeah, I mean, that actually can be a whole nother episode of, of, of people who work or people who don't, grandchildren, grandparents who work and some who don't work, um, you know, and how that how that plays and, out and how much time you have to spend with if, your If you don't work, you don't have the travel money. And if you do work, mm-hmm. you, you don't have the time. Yeah. So what do you do? It's a really, it, it is a... a Problem. It's something that we probably will talk is about. Is that on the list? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's right. on the list. It's, it's mapped out. It's, mapped it's on. <laughs> it's on a post-it somewhere. I just haven't seen the post-it yet. Well, Mike, Mike, and Emily, I want to uh, give Mike a chance to uh, to talk about this because if there there are various ways people find podcasts, but if they find it on my blog, I will put a link on there. But if not, how does Thank one you. find the good? The, the grand, grand the life. Grand it's not life. just good, it's grand. It's, uh, you can add good if you want, but it's the grand <laughs> life. Thanks for correcting me. Well, so uh, just kind of as an aside, we have a circular problem here in that there are a lot of grandparents, particularly older ones, who may not have ever started listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Of course, we don't have to worry about them right now because this is a podcast that we're talking about. So whoever it is, they've, they've figured that out at yeah, least, we're talking at least in some way. You're preaching the choir, right? Yeah. So uh, – Initially, if there is a podcast, uh, what's called a podcatcher or a podcast app that you use, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you can do a search for The Grand Life. In this case, you stick the the in there, and and you'll see the list of the episodes that, that we've done, and you can subscribe there. If and subscribing is free. Correct. Some people think it costs this, money. This is, yeah, there it, are podcasts that charge. Right. I, I don't charge for mine, and, right. and you obviously do not charge yes. for yeah. yours. This is not a moneymaker for us. Yeah. If you don't use a podcatcher or a podcast app, you can go to The Grand Life on Facebook. Do a search for The Grand Life. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us and need more help in finding it, the uh, the podcast's email address is grandlifeconnection, all one word, at gmail.com. GrandLifeConnection at gmail.com. Did I miss anything? No. Okay. That's great. great. What I found when I started my podcast, you sign, you know, they tell you to sign up for the Spotify's and the and the iTunes and the Apple Podcasts. What I find when I do a Google search just for my podcast, there are people who it's technical language, RSS feed, which is mm-hmm. we all have. That's a technical term as to how you get the the, the technical uh, language out there. And I'm finding out people have I mean iHeartRadio has my podcast i never did anything with them. i know tune in radio probably will too tune so. in is, i'm on yeah, tune in but so i did funny. sign up for them but I, but people pick it up elsewhere and yeah uh, so there are various ways you can find it so the grand life that is yours i would highly recommend it even if you're not a grandparent you are a parent i think you would better understand your grandparents by yep. listening to this podcast so emily and mike morgan thank you so much for taking time to be with me you're welcome thank thanks you. larry This podcast has been brought to you by LarryInFishers.com. My local news blog follows news in and around the Fishers area, so check it out. Once again, find it at LarryInFishers.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter, at LarryInFishers. My name is Larry Lannon. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.